Welcome back, everyone, to the Phenom World Football Show. We're back with another episode. We got me, Kurt, we got Aditya, and we got Ethan back with another episode. Um, we're going to be talking mainly Premier League for this episode. You know, we weren't, um, didn't get an episode in last week, but we're back again. We're doing an episode this week. Um, got a lot to talk about. You know, the January transfer window just ended, even though we won't be touching base on that. It's just obviously all the moves have been, you know, they came in. And then for the Premier League, it's starting to heat up, you know, just past the halfway point, heading into 22 or 23 games. And a lot's happened. So we'll start with the uh, fixture that just was transpired this Sunday, which was Man City and Liverpool. And, you know, um, we got Man City fans. Two of you are Man City fans. So obviously that was a uh, ex- the result you guys wanted. Um, but talking about the game, obviously, you know, you said it, Ethan, for the podcast, I reiterated, but obviously you can touch more base on it. You were like, you know, even though we beat Liverpool, I'm still more scared of them than Man United in the title race. We'll touch base. You obviously can go more in depth on that. But, you know, it goes to show that City are the team to beat for sure in this Premier League. We were assuming that for, you know, weeks to come, even though Man United were on top and Liverpool is kind of right there at the edge. City obviously had those games in hand. They got hot kind of at the right moment. And like you said, they've won 15 games in a row and they are rolling. And so City has obviously looked like the heavy favorites for the Premier League. But what were you guys take away from that game? I obviously, I unfortunately could not watch it because I was working all day, you know, not a fun thing to do, but you got to do it. And obviously the Super Bowl was that, you know, that night, even though they were at different times, you know, that was kind of the focus point for most of the day. But regardless, what do you guys think about the game? And obviously what are your whole reactions to City? Yeah, I think the the first half, two teams were kind of feeling each other out, um, getting a sense of what game they wanted to play. Second half certainly was more exciting. Obviously all the goals being scored in the second half. Um, Gunawan misses a penalty in the first half, redeems himself, scores a brace uh, with a goal later on. Um, questionable penalty. I, I know that's not it's not the biggest story of the day because it, it was a pretty resounding victory for City. Um, but I'm sure John Stones and Ruben Diaz and those guys are disappointed to not add another clean sheet to their tally. But um, I think that Liverpool, they played a decent game. If you look at the stats... Um, possession uh, is, is pretty solidly in favor of Liverpool. Um, same amount of shots as City. But once Allison made that first mistake in giving the ball away to Phil Foden and allowing Ilke Gundogan to back his second, it just felt like the team deflated a little bit. Like it felt like it took the fight out of them. And then goals two, the goals three and four were in the back of the net in no time. So um it's something that we're not really used to seeing from Liverpool now losing three games in a row in Anfield, something they haven't, they haven't done that since Jurgen Klopp was a one-year-old in 1968. Um, so that's pretty crazy to see that that place has always been a fortress. Um, and, and now losses to Brighton, I believe in Man City. Uh, I forget who the third team was, but have proven that, you know, maybe the, the curse has been lifted. City hasn't been able to win um, in Liverpool since 2017. Uh, finally able to to kind of lift that curse, which is super important, and, and prove that even without Kevin De Bruyne, um, they can cons- put in a consistent performance against uh, a a top tier team uh, in the Prem. 
Yeah, 100%. And, you know, with this um, curse that we're talking about with City and Liverpool, uh, we could remember the the miss from Riyad Mahrez uh, in his penalty. And so when I was watching Gundogan step up to the spot, I was thinking about that moment. I was getting scared. And I saw the ball go over the bar. And at that point, my heart sunk. Um, you know, I, I was sad because I knew that the first half, you know, Liverpool looked like a pretty solid team. Uh, it was 50-50 in most of the game. And uh, once Gundogan scored that tap and that really lifted up the spirit. But then, of course, Liverpool answered quickly with Mo Salah's penalty. Um, I think it was a controversial call. It didn't look like a foul to me. Um, but that happened in soccer, even even when there's no VAR. Sometimes just calls are made. And so that was fine. Um, and I want to bring up a point. You know, I saw Pep Guardiola say that Ederson taking penalties went from being a joke to being a half joke. So, you know, they're putting up probably the strongest foot that they have at the spot. And if they did that, I know that that would be a sight to see for all City fans. You know, seeing Ederson's name on the score sheet is something that would be extraordinary. But with Liverpool and City, you know, Liverpool is showing that there's a clear drop in standard, but it's tied to injuries. It's tied to everything that's been going on. And with City, City's looking ruthless right now. Uh, they just had a FA Cup game. Uh, it was 3-1, so they beat Swansea less by what they beat Liverpool. Um, but, of course, that doesn't mean Swansea's better than Liverpool. Um, and I think we'll be transitioning into the fact that Liverpool seems like more of a threat than United because United's management isn't looking proper. And once Liverpool comes back with a stronger and fitter squad, uh, playing two proper centre-backs in the back, and, you know, being able to utilize Fabinho and Henderson properly. I definitely think that, you know, with their strong attacking presence, that could really attack at you at any time. They're still the team that we should be worried about uh, coming from a City fan while City's at the top of the table. Yeah, I'll just say two things really quick. Um, they're kind of off topic, but you mentioned it, so I wanted to bring it up. The Swansea City game, it was fun to see even from, you know, a neutral fan and I was not really cheering for Swansea but I was cheering for obviously Jordan Morris and I was cheering for Paul Areola it was kind of fun to see those American soccer guys a part of the Swansea team um, obviously you saw him with um, saw Paul Areola with um, Zach Steffen after the game it was kind of cool to see that um, but to talk about the controversial call in the Liverpool City game it kind of refers back to VAR in a way because you know VAR it's almost like this thing where I've said this from the beginning, you know, I was never a huge fan of VR. The one thing that like, I didn't, you know, that I thought kind of needed why we need to be is obviously the prime example. Like you go back to the 2010 world cup with Lampard and it's like in the goal. And it's like, well, you got to have some sort of system where it's like to allow him to get that goal. And obviously VR looked like it. But the way that VAR is shaping in all of soccer is it's like comes down to a micro like scopic almost like inch. It's like if it's off by like that much, they're not going to count something. And it blows my mind because, you know, we even saw it. And I think it was the menu Southampton game, you know, Southampton was like this much off sides. And it's like, how are you not going to reward us for scoring that goal when we're that much offside. I just wish there was some sort of alternative to where you could award players for a big mistake caused by the referee, because obviously a referee is not going to be perfect. It's human. And we obviously make human mistakes, 
But at the same time, it's almost like this advancement of technology in the game is ruining the sport as a whole. I even talked about this on my Twitter. I was like, you know, if you're not recognizing that VR is ruining soccer, I don't know what to tell you. Obviously there's benefits to it. Like I just mentioned, but in overall, I think it's ruining the game. And I think that it definitely needs to, um, you know, I don't know if it actually needs to conclude and be gone, but at the same time, I just don't think that VAR should be, you know, making decisions that come down to like the nearest inch per se, you know, or like going against a call. That's kind of my whole thing. Um, sorry to go off topic though. I just want to rant that, but I guess another rant will be incoming for me. We'll stay on the topic of uh, the Premier League, you know, um, Man United, you said it, Aditya, you're like, you know, Man United, even though they're technically above Liverpool on the standings, I'm not as worried about them as I am Liverpool. And that's obviously, I, I can agree with you guys in that sense. Um, and that's because, you know, you saw what Man United did right after the Southampton fixture. They tied 3-3 against Everton and anyone who watched that game knew they should have won that game. And the late game collapse caused by Man United was I don't want to be that guy, but almost something only Man United would do. It almost just seemed like a United thing. Um, but the thing is, I'll talk about this. You know, I'll focus more on the Southampton side because I'm a fan and you guys can touch base on the Man United side. Um, Southampton, it was 9-0. We are you know, there have been, I think, three or four, maybe, I don't know the exact number of that. 9-0 is the worst defeat in Premier League history and Southampton holds two of those obviously not something you want to be known for, but at the same time, there's some positives to come out of this. I know it seems weird, but I'll refer back to last season when it happened against Leicester. Obviously we lost nine, nothing then. And if you look at what happened after that game, we played really well the rest of the season. And it was almost like that was a motivational set or like a motivational setter for the rest of the year. And I'm hoping that that can occur this season as well. You know, Southampton going into the game, you know, we were down so many players. We had, I think, two debuts that game. It was a situation where I didn't expect us to win. I knew that coming in, no one expected us to win. You know, the best case scenario was we were going to hold on for some sort of draw or even like a 1-0 defeat would almost seem fine. But 9-0 was the score. Obviously, Manchester United fans acted on top of the world as they should when you beat a team that much you deserve to celebrate a little bit but um Southampton you know I don't know really you know obviously we're not playing well and a lot of people want to point fingers and you know give blame to people and that's fine a lot of people are going up to the board and you know the ownership and saying that's the problem because for me the problem is by no means Ralph Hasenhutl. A lot of people or some people are saying Hasenhutl out. Let me just say, if you think that he should not be the manager of Southampton FC, you clearly aren't watching our games. That's just as simple as it is because what he's done for our club, obviously you go back to our past managers with Pellegrino, you know, Mark Hughes, haven't worked out Southampton and you know what, Hasenhul has done in such a short period of time with his club has been fantastic and it's been admirable to see. Um, so it's going to work out. We're not going to get relegated, even though it looks like we're heading in a downward trajectory and we are, but we're going to figure this out. If there's one manager I would trust, it would be him. And he's going to figure this out no matter what kind of players or whatever is going on on our roster. Um, 
That's pretty much it. Manchester United, I can't believe you lost that game against Everton, though. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was just so undisciplined from them to, you know, you're 3-2 up, 94th minute, give it a free free kick and at midfield. And, and how that happened, how you could let a player just get on the end of a ball, play, like, from 40 yards back, and with minimal time remaining in the game that you kind of need to win – um, is crazy to me and kind of as you said it, it's it's only thing that that man you could do but going back to that Southampton game um, going down to 10 men within two minutes is is not a good way to start the game um, yeah I agree and the worst part is like this the backlash that he received after the red card yeah, and it's like yeah. it's his debut I understand you're upset I would I was too you know but it's like He's a kid. It's his debut. Don't ruin this for him. We all, and I've been referring to this. We're all human. We're going to make mistakes. If you don't think he's going to come back stronger, you're crazy. And that's definitely something I don't want his career to be known for. Sorry to continue though. Yeah. I mean, a terrible challenge, definite red card, but a learning opportunity and, and certainly something that he deserves to be able to get past. Obviously. I, I don't think that's the reason why they lost that game as a whole. Um, they didn't play all too well, even with 10 men, we've seen teams hold on, um, but to lose in this fashion, to, to lose nine nil, um, is certainly makes it even, even more painful, um, because of the experiences last season, but yeah, I, I'm still confident in their ability to turn it around. They've got some talented players. Uh, they bring in Takumi Minamino on loan, which is a move that I think makes a lot of sense with Southampton, um, giving them a little more pace up front, um, a little more creativity. Um, scored on debut, obviously, kind of proving that that move is going to work out. So um, I would say don't count out Southampton if you look at the table. Um, they're in 12th right now, but they've lost their all like all of their last five games. So certainly, if they win some of those games, you see them up near um, European football. So um, even though there's not that many games left, I, I would still expect them to easily move up um, into the top half of the table uh, by the time the season's over. Yeah, for sure. I think Ralph Hasenhutl is probably one of the best managers in the league right now, just for the fact that Southampton's been a consistent, you know, good team in the Premier League. Sure, they haven't been like, you know, we're going to fight for Champions League year in, year out, but they've always been a solid team. They've been a team that you go like, oh, no, we're going to St. Mary's this weekend. Um, and that's something that credit has to be given to. Obviously, you know, Southampton bounced back from the nine or whatever the defeat was to Leicester last year. And they came back. I know they they beat City uh, with a with a goal from like midfield from Che Adams, and you know they beat Liverpool this year. So obviously they're showing glimpse of light. Um, signing Minamino is, is a positive move, as Ethan was saying. I mean, yeah, as, as Ethan was saying, uh, it's definitely going to help bolster their attack, especially with Ings and Walcott. And I think that James Ward-Prowse is one of the most complete midfielders in the league right now, if not all of football just for the fact that his set pieces are incredible and the whip he gets on the ball is, is next level. I'd compare him to Kevin De Bruyne, in fact, with his with the way that he can whip in a ball. Definitely, I think for the future, uh, they'll look to improve, and hopefully they can. And with United, you know, maybe United needs to play against a team with 10 people to start getting their, you know, games on track. Um, I, I don't know how it's going to go with them. You know, they did play a solid game. However, 
that game. Then, of course, with Everton, you know, it's something you'd see in high school soccer. It's something that I've probably witnessed multiple times where, you know, a ball goes over your head in the last minute of the game. You look at your goalkeeper, you're like, oh, no, this kid's through, and then they score. So I thought that was, you know, immature in a way. It's something that shouldn't be allowed um, to happen in a, in a professional Premier League game, uh, for sure. And so, you know, that that, that was good to me, obviously. I, I, I was watching it. I was like, oh, no. As that free kick was given away, I was like, please, Everton, you know, make something happen here. And something did happen. So that was positive uh, for Everton, obviously, and, and negative for United. Yeah, um, I'll refer to this. You know, I don't think it's dumb to say that Ward Prowse is the best or one of the best free tick, free free kick takers in the world. I mean, he's unbelievable whenever he steps up to the spot. All right, so last thing I'll mention is the FA Cup. You know, we've been talking about the Premier League, but we'll touch base now on the uh, FA Cup. Um, what a game that was today between Everton and Tottenham. We'll talk only about this game, but like there's so much to talk about this game that it's going to be an eventful, you know, conversation. Uh, 4-4 going into the 84th plus minute. And then Bernard in the 97th minute wins it for Everton. And if you look at the game, Tottenham honestly should have won. They had something like 30 shots, which was unbelievable. Um, but obviously everyone's like, you know, Tottenham's eighth in the league. They're out of the FA Cup. Jose Marino, you know, he's got to leave just because everyone refers to the manager whenever the club isn't doing well. But what did you guys think about the game and just your overall reactions about it? I mean, I thought it was a crazy game. You know, it's it's weird to see for Mourinho, like a guy whose entire managerial-like theory is based around defending. Um, it's pretty lackluster defensive performance um, from Tottenham. Uh, 10 shots on targets for Everton with a 50% conversion rate. Um, it's just not good enough. And and Tottenham had the lion's share of the chances. You know, the stat I look at um, to tell you who had the, the better, not offensive production, but the better chances is corners. If you look at corners for this game, Tottenham had 15 compared to Everton's two. So to have 15 free services into the box and not be able to convert is, is kind of crazy. Uh, with almost 700 completed passes, it, it baffles me how Tottenham wasn't able to to seal this game out and find a late winner. Uh, momentum in the game just went back. It was just a strange game. No team really seemed to be in the driver's seat. Um, both teams kind of unsure of, of how they were going to, you know, get around the other team's defense, but they obviously did it, and they did it often. Everton comes away with a big win in the Cup, and uh, we shall see as we progress towards the sixth round, which I believe is the quarterfinals. Um, we'll see who they draw there. And Jose's boys have to go back to North London a, a little disappointed, I would say. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, FA Cup isn't really taken seriously by some people that watch football. And, you know, I think that these are the kind of games that are a perfect idea of what football really is. You look at the score sheet, it's the people that you really expect, apart from Davinson Sanchez. You have Calvert-Lewin, uh, Richarlison, Sigurdsson, Bernard, and then Kane and Lamella. So these are some people that you totally expect um, to be on the score sheet. And each of them had, you know, their moment. And definitely Tottenham had 29 shots, 12 on target. Uh, they had more possession. Um, but that's just how football works. You know, you have to convert where you can convert. And if you don't, you might pay for it. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, whenever there's a goal in overtime, it's usually the first team to score is the team that's going to take it. 
uh, and that's how it was in this case with Bernard. And it was definitely interesting to see, um, you know, anything that goes to overtime gets anybody's blood rushing. You know, I started feeling the nerves, even though obviously I'm just sitting in my bed watching the game. But I definitely think it was an interesting game. And, you know, City progressed as well. And a lot of teams progressed today. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the draw looks like and what teams can continue to perform in the FA Cup. Yep. So Southampton tomorrow, 1230 in the FA Cup. Want all of you guys to watch that. Uh, but in all honesty, that's going to be it for the uh, Phenom World Football Show. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.